This is a podcast from Minute Media. In the fall each year we all congregate The bounce all gathered at the church of Pilgrim The scriptures reading from the book of Munson Our favorite verse, my God, a freshman German can obnoxious, what you'll face Ain't nothing finer in the land Now the 3,000 of our best friends It's Saturday in that thing Welcome to the Saturday in Athens podcast. We're a Georgia Bulldogs show by dogs fans for dogs fans. I'm your host, Herschel Gurley, joined as always by my co-host, Boss Dog. And Boss, this is uh, this was quite the treat we had this week. We had the great honor and privilege of sitting down with Georgia great Herschel Walker. And I'll be honest with you, brother. It was one of the highlights of doing this was getting to chat with him and getting to hear a little bit of his story. What were your thoughts after hearing it? What else can you say? It's Herschel. There's really nothing else to say. He needs no introduction. He's the greatest bug of all time. He's probably the greatest college football player of all time. In my opinion, he is the greatest football player of all time. And he was kind enough to spend 20 minutes of his time with us. We thank him for that. I was just struck by his humility and how kind he was. And I think all of you will enjoy it just as much as we did. So without further ado, here is our interview with Georgia great Herschel Walker. We are beyond excited today to be joined by Herschel Walker. And Herschel, I will be honest with you, it's not often that our guests garner no introduction, but in your case, I think it's warranted. So thank you so much for taking time out of your day to chat with us. No, thank you. And, uh, you know, I don't know whether it's warranted, but, you know, I think I've been blessed. You know, I uh, had a lot of people to put me in this position, so I owe a lot to a lot of people. Well, I have to start with you. It's been a magical season to be a, a fan of the Bulldogs. What has it been like for you to, to be able to watch this team and, and enjoy this season thus far? Well, it, it's been awesome. You know, over the last couple of years, you know, I think Coach Smart has made Georgia football something excited to look forward to. And this year is, is no doubt very exciting to watch. You know, when you watch a defense play the way this defense is playing and and, you know, you want to get involved. It's sort of like never you want to get in the game and you're over there on the couch looking at it and that tells you that they're playing well and they're having a lot of fun. Yeah, and they're reminiscent of some of your teams, you know. They're, they're playing great defense. That They run the ball well. They mix it in the air when they have to. So I know that's had to do your heart good to kind of, kind of see the parallels between those, those different teams. No, it, it does. And, you know, uh, before the Florida game, I said something and some people said, what? I said, I think this team here is better than the team I played on. I said, you know, you look at uh, when they put, when he put someone else in to take someone else's place, they don't drop up, they don't drop in the talent. Like all those guys are ready to play. And I tell you what, they can, you never know when he interchange uh, players that they even lose anything. I think that's the way Alabama has always done it. So I think Coach Smart has taken that uh, sort of photograph from Alabama. He put it at Georgia and it seemed to be working. Yeah, it, it's been something to watch, and I think you're right. I think it's been a progression, and it's been cool to see it kind of come to fruition this year and all kind of gel together. Well, I know you have a, a lot of exciting things going on, and you know, throughout your life you have identified a number of, of lofty goals and pursued all of them with excellence, whether that is college and pro football, 
or bobsledding at the Olympics or mixed martial arts or an opportunity to dance with the Fort Worth Ballet or your business pursuits as an entrepreneur. And now you're in pursuit of serving the great state of Georgia in Congress. And I'm just curious to hear what was the motivation to pursue that path and, and what would it mean to you to be able to serve Georgia in that capacity? Well, first of all, it'll mean a great deal because I know I owe so much to the state of Georgia, not just to my parents, Willis and Christine Walker, to the University of Georgia, but to the state of Georgia, because no matter what I've ever done, they've stood behind me. And right now, as I was sitting by watching the things that was going on in this great state, watching how the divide that was coming between the people, and I know this is such a wonderful, wonderful state, I couldn't sit back anymore. It's sort of like being on the sideline, knowing that you can get in the game and play, but you're over there just... You know, you don't want to get in. Well, I'm not that type of person. I said, I'm going to jump in this, even though I don't know anything about politics. I'm going to jump into it and let people know, guys, this is a great state. This is a great country. We're not a divided country. We're a country that can come together, get things solved. we got to get people in Washington that's going to be responsible for what they're doing. And I know I will be responsible. I hope the people in the state of Georgia know I'll be responsible. They've seen me like that. And I'm going to fight for this state. I'm going to fight for this country because – it seems like we don't have those people there no more. Well, I know it's always been your in your heart to to do something of service, and I know the passion that you have for the state of Georgia. So, so we have all the confidence in the world that that you'll do a fantastic job, and and we certainly support you on that path. Um, I have to ask you, since the the dogs are heading to Knoxville this weekend, you speak about coming off the sidelines. It's the site of your first game as a true freshman when you were wearing the red and black, and. Take us back to, to that game in 1980 and, and what your memories are of that. And more, most specifically, your memories of the, the iconic run where you, you bowled over Bill Bates and, and Larry Munson had his iconic, my God, a freshman call. What, do, what are your memories from that game and from that year? Well, you know, my, my memories are that, you know, we, we had a great senior class. You know, during the training camp, during getting ready for the game, we had a great senior class that was great leaders. We had some great leaders on that team, and I remember Coach Dooley at the time, he was telling me I was not going to play, and I remember my running back coach kept begging and let put me in, put me in, and, and he decided to give me a chance to play, and I think I was so surprised I was playing, I forgot that I was in my first college game, and when <laughs> I got the ball, all I knew to do was just run. All I wanted to do was just run, 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 and that's all I knew to do, and, and you know, when running over Bill Bates, I got to give Bill credit as well. You know, I, I've had those 15 minutes of fame Bill Bates was an incredible, incredible player. Player, and I tell people, look at the film. I, you know, I took advantage of him because he was coming up to make the tackle. If you watch him, you can see where his left foot slipped and his head went down. And in football, you always want to keep that head up, and that's how you make the tackle. But I think because of those 15 minutes of fame that the Lord Jesus Christ gave me, I got a chance to take advantage of him. But I tell you what, he's an incredible player. We ended up winning that game, and, and I think that took us all the way to the national championship, and I think that's what's going to happen this Saturday. You know, the Tennessee team is starting to bring things together. You know, they're doing a totally different offense that a lot of people thought it wouldn't work, but it's working. So I think this is going to be another uh, telling story to the dogs that they got to get out there and they got to control this offense and win that game as well. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think with this Josh Heupel offense and everything they're trying to do, and Hendon Hooker is an explosive player, and they want to run a play a second, it seems like, and I think it'll certainly be a, a test for the dogs. And, uh, you know, we all hope they're up for the challenge, and I think they will be, but always an imposing place to play 
even then, do you have memories of it being being loud and imposing when you were playing there in 80 and in 82, you know, just memories of that atmosphere in Neyland? Oh, yeah, I do. You know, it, it is funny because Tennessee, you know, they have a great fan base. You know, the fans get behind that team no matter what is going on. And I was very fortunate to play it in my first, I think, my first game because I was, I was over 97,000 people there. I think now they've gotten even larger. So uh, it's going to get really loud. I think the uh, the dogs got to be very composed because the fans can play a big role in, in the game. And you know, when I was playing, one thing I try to do is not focus on what's going on in the stands, but focus on what's going on out there on the field. And I think that's what all the leaders on the team got to tell all the young guys. Focus on what's going on out there on the field. Don't worry about the stands. Don't worry about what they're saying. And that's the thing going to work out well. Well, recruiting has changed quite a bit from when you were being recruited out of high school, but you had a decorated prep career at Johnson County High School, highly recruited. I know Coach Cavan at uh, UGA was recruiting you. What was the turning point for you that sealed your decision to, to come to the University of Georgia and play for the Dogs? Well, this is going to be interesting. You know, I grew up in a church. I love the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, I waited so long to sign because I really thought I was cut out to be a Marine. I thought God wanted me to go play in the Marines, and I remember the, I flipped a coin because my mom told me if my mind and my heart were pure of Jesus, no matter what decision I make, God will make it right for me. I ended up flipping a coin, and I can tell that that was the right thing to do because I ended up at the University of Georgia, and the things that happened after that is God has always uh, blessed me and I always give all the awards I ever won at his feet because he's the reason that I'm, I'm what I'm doing today. What role did, did Coach Cavan play in that decision? Was he what kind of recruiter was he? I'm always interested in those stories about how they how these coaches kind of find their way in your heart and, and convince you that that being in their college town is the best decision and the best path for your life. You know, they, they, I think the coaches play a huge role. I think right now it's kind of different with all the portals that people are getting involved in. But you know, at the time, Coach Cavan was in my hometown. I got to know him. As a as a friend, as a, like a, 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 a elder that can uh, that can advise me, and then you know, Coach Dooley and Miss Dooley became like parents because you know you're leaving home, you want someone that's going to direct you in the right path, that's going to do the things that your parents at home made you do. That mean do your work, uh, be disciplined and stuff. So you know, Coach Cadman was like that, and I think that's what has helped me out along my uh, football career, my athletic careers, having good leaders, uh, you know, there with me that have helped me out. You've had countless successes while you were in Athens at the University of Georgia and throughout your professional career. What did the University of Georgia and Athens mean to you? And how did your time there prepare you for your path? You know, the University of Georgia uh, mean a great deal to me. You know, I look back over my life and I tell you, when you start talking about places and things that mean so much, that's going to be the top of the hill because Going to the University of Georgia, you know, leaving home, Wrightsville, Georgia, where there's not that much there. Going to a large school like the University of Georgia, that's a very good uh, academic, very good athletic school. And having the kids that was there, and you get to meet kids like yourself that are struggling. Some are struggling with different things, different things going on in their lives. And being, being made, making friends with people that are different. I think that means a lot because you see that the world is different. And I think that's what, uh, that's what, that's what means a great deal. 
Well, Herschel, we close all our interviews with something called the Smart 16, which are, are generally 16 fast-hitting questions in honor of Coach Smart and the number that he wore when he played at Georgia. And I want to pick a few of those and ask them to you. So if you'll in, indulge okay. me with that, I've, I've got about four of them I want to go over with you. So my first one is, right. what is your favorite game that you ever played in uh, as a dog? My favorite game I ever played in as a dog probably going to be uh, probably one of the Clemson games. So they were always competitive. Either Clemson or Clemson or Georgia Tech, one of them. Because the people are so close to you, and I think that's the thing. When you play against people that are so close, you're playing like friends. So they're from the same area you're from. So you get a chance to play against friends that you know and from the area you know. So I think that's always a good time. I'm glad you bring that up because that, that's one. Clemson is one that comes up a lot when we talk with people and a traditional rival of the dogs. And I thought it was a really cool thing that they're trying to renew that and open this year playing against Clemson. It really was a, a neat atmosphere. And I think to your point, some of that's driven by the fact that everybody's in such close contact. Right. So, yeah, I love that. But, you know, one of the things that was uh, unique for me as well, you know, Clemson was one of the schools that I would think about if I wasn't being able to go to the military. Clemson was the second, well, really the first team I thought about when I was flipping the coin. But something that was very interesting is, you know, my sister that was at UGA and my brother-in-law that was at UGA had a son, Mylon Richard, who uh, ended up growing up being a dog, 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 dog. And when he became a senior, he and Deshaun became best friends during all the camps. He decided to go to Clemson, so he attended the Clemson. University won a couple of national championship, ACC titles and stuff. So Clemson has a, a, a part in my heart as well because of that. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, what, uh, next question is, what is your favorite rivalry that the dogs have? My favorite rivalry is going to have to go to one of the Floridas. I think the Florida game, that's always a rivalry because it's sort of like playing a bowl game in the middle of the season. You know, it's sort of like school close uh, that Thursday and everybody's going down to Florida. And, uh, you know, this is the largest out there co- outdoor cocktail party, which the players don't have nothing to do with that. But, you know, you go into the game, and sometimes the Florida fans may be rooting for the Georgia fans, the Georgia fans rooting for the Florida fans because they don't know what's going on, but they're having a good time. <laughs> yeah, the cocktail party is tough to beat. We, we love the Georgia-Florida rivalry. I think there's such a unique element to it of it being at a neutral field. Um, and yeah, it's one of the, the dates we count down to every year for sure. Plus, I feel like it's a litmus test each year for both of those teams, right? It's generally the game oh, for is. the SEC East, so always a lot of meat around that game. It is. And, you know, you got players that are so close. And, you know, you have a lot of Florida players on Georgia team, a lot of uh, Georgia players on the Florida team. So it's that inner squad sort of scrimmage that the guys want to talk about it when they get home on the, during the holidays uh, after the game is over. And, you know, and it makes things exciting. Okay, what is the loudest home game that you either played in or have attended at Sanford Stadium? The loudest home game I played in or attended at Sanford. I did something that was interesting. Uh, I remember, uh, and I was down on the field, so as and I was not playing, but I was at a Tennessee game where uh, they introduced Peyton Manning because he happened to be at the game, and the people cheered, and they introduced me. People cheered a little bit louder because we were at home. But all of a sudden, they introduced Ric Flair, and the people went absolutely nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard them do. And I'm looking around thinking, wait, Rick, how are you more popular than I am? And I realized that everybody loved WWF wrestling, so Ric Flair was a lot popular than I was. <laughs> 
Oh, that's fantastic. Well, that, that was a field full of goats for sure. If it was, if it was you and Peyton and, and Ric Flair, man, what a, what a, what a sideline that was that day. It was all exciting. Right. I tell you, Rick Flair has become a friend, and, and uh, you know, I thank him so much for all he's doing at me as a friend, but also what he's been helping me with this uh, political world as well. But he's become a dear friend. Okay, last question. What is the loss you're still not over? The loss I'm still not over, and there may be two of them. I think the Penn State and the Pittsburgh loss because, you know, we those are only – Games that really that we shouldn't have never, never lost. You know, both of those games were won in the last second. And, you know, the Pittsburgh one was very tough because, you know, we had them beat. I think it was fourth and about 20-something. And we would have had the ball back. And uh, I, I don't know whether we blitzed. And they threw that Dan Marino. I remember throwing the ball right down the pack to the tight end. They ended up scoring, beating us. That's a game we shouldn't have never, never lost. And then the uh, Penn State game is another one. So those would have been three national titles that we would have won. I, it's interesting that you say that. One of the reasons we ask this question is I always think that even though the, the wins are always sweet, and we always remember the, the wins. I think athletes in particular, the losses are the ones that always stay with you and that you always think back on the most, right? It's the ones that, that you could have had. Exactly right. That's exactly right. And I've said that to people many times. I've said, guys, you don't remember the success. You remember the failures. But that's what makes you successful is remembering the failures going make you want to go out and work harder. But, you know, when you lose, that's what you remember because that always eats at you, that you know you got to go out and do better. What could I have done to change the outcome of it? And that'll eat away at you sometimes. But I tell people all the time, you got to let it go sometimes. And I know for myself, I have to let it go because that's the way I am as well. Well, Herschel, we, we certainly do appreciate you spending time with us today and telling you a little bit about your story. And uh, we will certainly be rooting for you on your path to Congress and anything that, that we and Dog Nation can ever do to support you will always be there. So thank you so much. And uh, as we always say on our show, go dogs. Go dogs. Sick them. Roof, roof, roof. Hey, George is better now.